This evening we are ready to consider chapter 30 of Genesis and verses 25 to 43. Another lengthy passage, but I think it's important for us to read these passages aloud so that we understand the context of the lessons that we want to consider. Genesis chapter 30, and beginning at verse 25, we'll read through verse 43. And it came to pass, when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served you, and let me go, for you know my service which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, Name your wages, and I will give it. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you, and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen, if it is with me. And Laban said, Oh, that it were according to your word. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hand of his sons. Then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips in them, and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the street, and all the brown in the flocks of Laban, but he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. And it came to pass, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, and camels and donkeys. Uncle Laban is a scoundrel. And yet we see with all of his elaborate scheming against Jacob, we see that God's fulfilling his word to Jacob. 
This passage tells us how God caused Jacob to become rich and prosperous before returning back to the land of Canaan, which was one of the promises that God made Jacob. And so despite all of Laban's scheming against Jacob, God overruled and blessed him anyway and prospered him. And this is so important for us to remember. We, we live in a Christ-rejecting world. We live in a world that is unjust and there is injustice everywhere. And we often suffer injustice in this life. And too often we let it rob us of our peace and our joy when we suffer these things in life. Because life is full of them, and we, we need to understand that now. And then understand where our joy and our peace come from. It's knowing who we serve. It's knew, knowing who our Father is and what he's promised us. And that, that's where we find peace, when th- everything seems to be going against us, and when it seems like everybody's against us, and things just aren't going right. And again, no matter what circumstance that is, or no matter what instrument it is, whether it's our own limitations, our own physical limitations, or whether it be the injustices that we suffer at the hands of others, it doesn't matter. They cannot overrule God's plan and purpose for your life. And and that's our joy, and that's our, our peace when we face these things. Jacob had already worked, served Laban for 14 years, and his wages were his two wives and room and board. He basically was Laban's slave for 14 years. With the 14 years being up now, Jacob decides he's going, he's going back. He's leaving Laban, and he's going back to his family, even though at this point he, he doesn't have his own wealth. He just has his family. Everything else belongs to Laban. And he's going back without any... Uh, financial independence and trusting that God will take care of him. So that that's his that's Jacob's thought. Laban, when when Jacob approached Laban and said, "I'm going," uh, we see where Laban acknowledges and understands that God blessed Laban and made Laban a rich man because of Jacob, because of his integrity because of his ability to watch over his flocks and to to do so in such a way that they prospered. Laban acknowledged that God blessed Laban and made him rich because of Jacob. And, And yet, even with that understanding, Laban still is trying to bring harm to Jacob. Laban is only looking after himself. So Laban says, okay, I don't want you to go. And so just tell me what your wages should be for you to stay. And he actually is going to stay another six years. And so a total, total of 20 years, he, he was in service to Laban. But Jacob says, I'll stay if you make this deal with me. And the, the deal is that the, the sheep and the goats that were not pure white, that were somehow uh, speckled or spotted, that those would belong to Jacob, and those would be his, and he would begin to build his own wealth that way. And the speckled and spotted and and grayed sheep and goat were a rarity. They were very uncommon. I say uncommon. They they certainly existed and were part of the flock of Laban, 
but they were a small portion. And Laban knew that. And so we, do you, did you see, did you read there how quickly he, he jumped at the deal? Jacob apparently is making a foolish deal here, one that, that is going to leave him on the short end of it. And this is why Laban, without any bargaining, which is unusual for that day and that custom, because the, the Bedouin tribes, they loved to negotiate. And, but there's none of that. Laban says, I like that deal. I like that deal. And then even to pad the deal and to make it more risky for Laban, did you catch what he did there? Before he turned the flock over to Jacob, he removed all of the spotted and streaked out of his flocks, and he gave them to his sons. Laban gave them to his sons so that basically Jacob is starting out with nothing. And the possibility that there would be any production of sheep or goats that were not pure white or a pure color, it was very unlikely. We don't know, we'll later read in chapter 31, where God clearly in a dream spoke to Jacob. And so we don't know when exactly that instruction came to Jacob. But God very likely is the one that had revealed this strategy to Jacob, that this this is what you need to offer to Laban, and this is what I will use to make you rich and prosperous and fulfill my, my promise to you. The offer seemed so lopsided that Laban was just excited, but then he was still dirty and did everything to make it not work out at all for Jacob so he would remain poor and that he would have to stay with Laban. This was his uncle. The flesh is the flesh, always been and always will be, and it never changes. And if we don't learn to recognize those things in ourselves, you say, oh, well, I would never be that, that way. Well, if you don't recognize it and judge it in the light of Scripture, we, we all can go to those extremes. And so this is why it's important for us daily to examine ourselves. By this time, after 14 years of faithfully serving Laban, Jacob was an accomplished shepherd. He knew a lot about animal husbandry, just common sense things that he had learned by experience. And we see that he, in this process, practices some of those things. Some of those things that he did were sound scientific ways in order to increase his flock of speckled and gray and spotted uh, sheep and, and goats. Of course, the selective breeding of strong animals with strong animals, that, of course, is sound uh, scientific practice. Now, the question always comes up, what about these peeled sticks and putting them in the water trough, and what's that all about? There are, are two possible theories that are put out there. Number one, it could have been pure superstition of the time, and we don't fault Jacob for that if that's what that was, because that was the practice at that day to put that those stripped sticks in the water so that you get what you want. There's a more modern theory, and you take it for what it's worth. When, when I present both of these, but when it's all said and done, what is clear, I'm not going to endorse either one of these. Because what the bottom line is and what becomes very clear before the account is over and we get into chapter 31, God is the one that caused the increase in the flock of the speckled and spotted 
uh, sheep and goats. And God is the one that caused that kind of flock to augment uh, abnormally. This was not a normal process. And that'll be clear before we're done here. But the more recent modern theory about the peeled tree barks being placed in the water, that does offer some scientific response to to why he did this. And that is that under the bark of these trees, they say that there is a certain fungus that when it's put in the water like that can leach into the water. And though it doesn't change the, the DNA of the sheep, it can impact just like any other environmental chemical that can impact certain aspects of, of your how your body reacts. They say that there are some fungi that can actually have an influence on the fur of animals. It's a possibility. I don't know. All said and done, God is the one who used this lopsided deal that was destined to fail as far from the human standpoint. God used that very thing that man intended, that Laban intended, to keep Jacob in bondage. God used it to make him rich, to prosper him, to fulfill God's word. Again, these truths, as we read these stories and say, well, that's a good Sunday school story. That's a good Old Testament story. And But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my father. He hasn't changed. And so in my life, and notice Jacob did what he knew how to do. We need to be responsible and do what's in our power and what's in our control, what we know to do. We need to use common sense in how we approach our responsibilities in life. That's, that's true. Do everything that you know how to do to prosper in life in order to bring glory to God. Do that. But understand that it's God and his blessing that will cause you to be what you need to be. It's not your, God's not depending on your intelligence. He's not depending on your talents or your abilities to be what he wants you to be. He will make you a sufficient minister of his grace. He will provide everything you need for this life and for eternity if you just trust him. He will fulfill his word. Rest in that. When it does appear that either you have failed or others have tried to cause you to fail, doesn't matter. I trust my Father. I cry out to Him. I depend on Him. I do what what I know how to do, what I can. But beyond that, what was it? What's one of the Psalms say, or is it the Proverbs? I forget. That if God does not keep the city, the watchmen watch in vain. He didn't tell them not to watch. Didn't tell them not to watch the gates or protect the gates. But the Lord's the one who is the ultimate protection. Trust Him. Jacob had experienced great disappointment and deceit by the hands of Laban. Fourteen years, basically, as slave. It looked like God had lied to, to Jacob because God promised Jacob, you're going to go back to the land of Canaan. You're going back to your father, Isaac, but you're going back rich. You're going back prosperous. It, slave to Laban didn't sound like that, didn't feel like that was God fulfilling his word. But in every step, God ordered him. He'll do the same for you. How many promises has God made us? We know all things work together for good. Well, do we really know that? That these things are working for us and not against us. 
Was Laban's deceit really working for Jacob? Well, in this case, it was, wasn't it? These promises are made to us. Let's trust our father. Galatians 6 and verse 9. Whenever you're going through these difficult times, and whether you're suffering injustice or whether you're going through a failure or whatever it might be, Satan wants to discourage you to the point that you stop doing what you know to be the will of God, that you stop rejoicing, that you stop praising him, praising God, that you stop reading the word. Satan wants to use these things just to overwhelm you. But instead of that, remember, God's still God. His word is still true. Somehow, I don't understand it, but somehow, and you don't have to pretend. In fact, it's foolish to try to pretend you know what, how everything's working out. But you know that nothing and no one can overthrow God's plan for your life. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That was after 14 years and then six more years, a total of 20 years. Jacob could have grown weary, and, and I'm sure he did, but God showed himself faithful. Well, rather than start chapter 31, I think we'll close there this evening.